G'day, it's Ben Davis. Thanks for catching up on Mornings here on SENQ. But you know what? You can also catch up some great content with other SEN shows, such as Brekkie with Patty and Heels, The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp, all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until then, sit back and enjoy and make sure you tell your mates. Uh, Speaking of good ideas, well, the jury's still out on this one. Australian rugby back in August said we are going to centralise everything just to make sure that the high performance factor is there. Well, yesterday, the first domino fell. The Waratahs signed on to say, yes, we are part of this centralisation factor. Yeah, look, I think it's a, it's a good question. Essentially, it's a bit like the shampoo ad, right? It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. So for us, we've been, for us, the reason it was a no-brainer, we, we 100% agree the strategy has to change. So holistically, we've bought into the fact that we believe that centralisation or the integration, particularly of the high-performance model, which also includes the commercial aspects, will actually drive better outcomes both on and off the field. So that, for us, is the reason we've signed up. All right, that was Waratahs boss Paul Dorn yesterday, sitting alongside Phil War at Rugby HQ. The Waratahs are in. They are ready to roll in the centralisation process. But what what does the centralisation process mean? What does it look like? Well, here's CEO of Australian Rugby, Phil War. But uh, day to day, uh, it uh, it won't be any different, given how close we are to um, the Super Rugby um, season. Uh, but as we go through uh, the, the process... Um, of integration, uh, that's when we'll see more, I guess, decisioning coming from the centre, but in absolute collaboration uh, with what we're setting up with New South Wales. What? What? I, I was going to say, can you play it again, Sam, to try and figure out what he meant, but no, don't, because I have no idea what that means. All I know is that from day to day, it's not going to change much, and we really don't know yet. Let's see if we can shed some light on this. And are Queensland going to follow suit? I'm tipping after hearing that, probably not. Dave Hannum is the CEO of Queensland Rugby. Dave, very good morning to you. Um, can you tell us what centralisation means? Because from hearing what Phil Ward just said, I've got no clue. <laughs> morning, Benny. How are you, mate? You well? Uh, yes, confused, but well. <laughs> so, look, it's been interesting. Obviously, there's been a lot of um, media discussions probably over the last few months around... Um, different versions of, of what is centralisation and, and how, how it works. And a lot of people asking us, where do we sit on the matter? We, we came out, I'm not sure if you, the listeners saw it, we came out um, probably about a month and a bit ago just to clarify where we sit on the whole matter to, mm. to give our members and stakeholders clarity. And I guess in simple terms, um, there is uh, merit in working on a better aligned high-performance system. And, and practically what that means the first element of that is actually how we, we allocate the player contracting and talent across the system. So what, one, one concept in the centralised um, model is that all the contracting of our player talent across the five super rugby clubs and obviously the Wallabies would be, would be centralised. Um, in principle, there's merit to that where you're allocating players to certain teams to ensure that you know, your performance is getting um, optimised so you don't have four halfbacks sitting behind each other. You're starting to build combinations between a nine and a ten, or a halfback and a five-eight, and all those those key pieces, which which in principle works, is obviously a bit more detail and funding that needs to be decided on that. That's one element of it. The other element is around how your high-performance coaching, medical, and strength and conditioning staff can work 
in a system where you've got all your data and metrics aligned. So you're basically part of making sure that you, the collective on-field performance of Super Rugby is improving and hopefully upstream that means the Wallabies can win more games, which we know needs to happen based on the recent um, issues with the World Cup. Mm. Philosophically, Queensland Rugby and the Reds believe that there is merit to that and that there's, just, there's systems in the world of rugby that have gone down that path. Now, there's different versions of it and different levels of sort of uh, more control, less control. Ireland's one of them, New Zealand's another one. Um, and they've, they've built that over time. So we, we agree that that's a path forward. And some of it is also just around making collective decisions. So, I mean, we, we, we led the way with the recent appointment of Les Kiss. That was done. Rugby Australia was sitting on our panel. So it was a collective decision on who, you know, who's the right person to bring in to the Reds moving forward. They're a part of that decision-making process. So we weren't doing that in isolation, which may have been the model in the past. That's, that's philosophically, we think there's, there's merit to that. There, there needs to be more detail, which we're working through. There's been an absence of detail in some of those areas. Um, our frustration is don't talk about a model publicly until you've got actually the, the collective buy-in and support of it. Okay, what so we and, and Dave, that, that was the thing. I mean, the Waratahs have jumped in, both feet. They're in. And the detail, like, all right, what's yeah. it look like? Uh, I don't really know yet. Well, hang on. How can you sign yeah, up to something that, you don't know? Correct. And I think most of the listeners would say that you wouldn't. So we're working with them on that solution. We're giving our perspective. Uh, we're only just starting to work through some of that detail on the coaching staff and medical staff and how that aligns. So until, until we actually, and, and, and these models have got to be built not from top down, they've got to be built both levels, bottom up and top down. So super rugby clubs need to be informing Rugby Australia how things need to operate and vice versa. They need to be giving us, us their insights. So, that's, that's why we're sitting where we are. Um, we know that on-field performance of the Australian system needs to improve. So we're not sitting with our um, head in the ground going, well, you know, everything's good. Um, we can just keep doing what we're doing. We, we, we agree that that needs to be focused on. The, 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 the area that we don't agree with, and we were quite frustrated at, to be frank, and we pushed back on publicly, and we have told Rugby Australia that, they've obviously calmed down, was this view of a commercial, uh, what they call a commercial takeover where all assets and liabilities and staffing and contracting for sponsors and and all your your relevant um, income generating assets sits under rugby australia effectively the reds would would turn into a subsidiary of rra and we wouldn't exist Um, the community game would exist under queensland rugby that's what waratahs have gone to we don't feel that's the right model we've been able to and you know our story and journey we've been able to build a stronger balance sheet we've got a great asset here in ballymore good commercial partners and we've got a good stable footing. So our view is we're going to retain that. We have no interest in getting that over. And in fact, you know, um, I'm not sure that RA in a position to take that on anyway, let alone um, the mm. desire to, to do it. So there's, there's really got to be a clear separation between improving on-field, on-field performance with a, a system that works versus <clears throat> taking full control of the whole the whole asset and, um, and trying to do that across five super rugby clubs. I just don't believe is is viable um, and also RA need to prove capability and trust before a lot of these things start to, to take shape. And Dave, the fact that the Waratahs have gone and they've gone in, they've gone on the commercial side man, and they've gone on the high performance side. Does, does that make it, I don't know, does it make it difficult? Does it make it for this system even to, to work? Because you can't have, surely you can't have one franchise that's got sort of both parts covered and, and one without, one with only one part covered, so the high performance only. Is that tenable? Well, well, it's it's an issue we've raised with Rugby Australia is how how is the governance of a system going to work 
when one team is effectively owned by the national body and the other four uh, are separated from it. So <clears throat> we we want to see, excuse me, we want to see some detail and understand that yeah. before we before we continue to sort of move forward. Because you're right, there are some challenges with that around integrity and making sure that the system's equitable and fair um, and uh, and sustainable. You know, um, there's a lot of people in each of the key markets that support the, the, the their team with additional funds. You know, you look at the, the Western Force um, with uh, Twiggy's investment in there. There's a significant a significant amount of, of, of above and beyond investment that he's um, putting into that program as well. So mm. you can't just assume that you can run it all yourself at the same cost base. David Hannum, my guest this morning, the boss, the CEO of Queensland Rugby, a centralisation. It's on the menu. It's on the cards. Rugby Australia has said the plan has been in place since August. There has been some pushback, but the Waratahs were the first domino to fall. They've gone in both feet first in high performance and commercial, as you just heard from Dave, the Reds, Queensland Rugby, and quite rightly pushing back to commercial. How, how would that all work? So, Dave, where... Where does it sit now? I know discussions um, are underway. Is there a timeline, a, a deadline to when this needs to happen? Surely before the, the start of the season. Well, look, you know, I think that the plan was that it was to be finalised under their, under their modelling in, in, in sort of quarter one next year. So can it be achieved before the start of the season? I think I think it's possible, but putting the right system in place is important, Benny. But the, at the end of the day, too, you need... The right people in the system and i know it's a simple terminology but people trump system so you can have the best system in the world but if you have the wrong people running the system uh then it can it can fall over so i think that's a really important piece so when we're talking about a new high performance director that's going to be a key appointment um and obviously they've, they've been going through an interview process on that but we need to have someone in that in that role that's had success in running a system like a centralised system before. And if that can occur, then you've actually got some capability coming in to strengthen that narrative around let's let's come together because we've, we've actually got a, a structure and and person and personnel that can, can take us forward. Uh, that's really important for us as well to understand, well, if we're going to, if we're going to align to a system that is more centralised, who's running it? Do you get a say in that? Rug- so Yeah, we do. And, and, uh, we, we've got a, a seat on, a, on an interview panel uh, as part of Super Rugby uh, Clubs. Um, so that person's on there to, to, to provide some insight as well. Um, and this is, it's a good question saying, do we have a say in that? This is what any central system is. It's not just about command and control coming out of head office. It's mm. actually about allowing decision-making to be um, at all levels, Super Rugby and national program together. You know, we should be we should be part of uh, the decision making process for the next Wallaby coach because it's about connecting the system. It shouldn't just be uh, the hierarchy at the top making that decision in isolation of the Super Rugby Club. So it goes both ways. As I said before at the beginning, they are a part of the decision of the appointment of Les Kiss. We had the final sort of rights on that, but they're a part of it. They agreed with it. That's great. Vice versa. It goes both ways as far as we're concerned. Dave, one final one. Uh, you mentioned the word trust. I know something Phil War spoke about yesterday as well. Building that trust. Where does that sit right now? Does does Queensland Rugby do they do they trust the current board, the current setup to to manage this correctly? I think there's 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 a lot of work to do in that space. I think there's good people working hard, um, and I appreciate there's things that go on at a national level that we don't get visibility to because it's you know it's 
it's it's sitting there and might be issues that involve the international game. But you build trust by um, being transparent, by having humility and having integrity around your decision making and running good processes. And that's what we want to see in the leadership um, at, at their level. And they want to see that at our level. So I think as, as long as we can get that, then trust can be built. But there's some work to be done. I think Phil Wall's recognised that. He's certainly been quoted in that. He and I have spoken about that and he knows he needs to build trust. He knows Queensland is such an important state for the health of rugby in this country. We know we need to improve on things as well around how we deliver certain elements of our game. We've done some good things and some areas to improve. But, you know, Queensland has to be strong. And if Queensland's strong, that's certainly going to help the success of the game nationally, um, both on the field with, you know, elite performance, but more importantly, you know, continuing to grow the game at a community level and actually have um, more people, more, more, you know, women and men participating in the sport. And that requires a level of investment um, to do that. And, you know, I know that people criticise some of the decisions that have been made and, and, and sort of I've spoken about this a couple of times is it's hard to, to build that relationship when you're going out and spending, you know, a significant amount of capital on attracting league talent when we've got an enormous amount of talent in our younger age groups that we need to be starting to, to allocate that. So, yes, Suwali's a good player. I don't, you know, um, blame him for looking at rugby. They were talking about Angus Crichton. But to me, that's a significant amount of money we're allocating from the game that doesn't have the, the balance sheet of AFL and NRL. So we've got to be really careful. We've got to be smart where we put that investment to actually build... Um, you know, the quality of talent at a younger level and actually take a longer-term view. Let's not try and buy, buy our way to win the next test. Let's set us up for the next five to 10 years. We've got a Lions Tour in 25. We've got two Rugby World Cups in 27 and 29 for the men and women. And then rugby's a part of the Olympics in 32. It's the best possible runway rugby will have um, probably ever. So we get it right, we can rebuild the code. We get it wrong, then, um, you know, there's going to be some challenges. So the decisions we make today have got to be long-term. The right no, people probably. are the right people in place at HQ to do this then. No, oh, I think that needs to be. I mean, they they do obviously need to look hard at where they've got the game to. And I think, generally speaking, there's some great people there. But I, you know, I think we've got to look hard at well, how do we how do we get the right people? And I've talked about the director of rugby. That's going to be critical. Mm. We're talking about a centralised system. What about those making the decisions saying, now? What about those in place now? Those, you're talking at the, a, the board, the the, guy, the, the people board. that are making the decisions. Yeah. I think, mate, I think there's, there's some good people on the board. I know we've got some guys that have come out of Queensland. I think they're working hard to do it, but I reckon that's going to be a challenge. We've got to, we've got to challenge some of the decision-making, which we are at the moment, around getting this right. So, you know, time will tell. But um, I think there's definitely not a lack of effort. It's just making sure it's done with humility and integrity, and that's what, you know, the, the, the decision-makers are being held to account on. Dave, really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for stepping us through it and shining some clarity and some light on it. Dave Hannon, the CEO of Queensland Rugby, uh, always open, uh, always always speaking his mind. I had to push and prod there. I'm reading between the lines. Uh, I don't know if there is too much confidence in those who were there.